All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Get Fit Podcast. So I have Miss Sarah Lynn Fletcher. I think I even just butchered that. I just asked her to, but we'll see. I'll let her pronounce her name because I even wrote it in phonetics and I'm pretty sure I just got that wrong as I look at it. But anyway, she is the owner, founder of Virtual Desk VAs. So she is going to give us some good info on life as a virtual assistant, how you get into it, what you even need to do to get into it. If you've never even heard of a virtual assistant, but we can Connected through the magic of Facebook. We're in an entrepreneur group, which is where I find all of the best ladies to bring y'all. So I'm just super excited to have her on here today. Uh, so if you just want to tell us your story, how you got here, tell me some fun details. Alrighty. So uh, my name is Sarah Felcher, as you said. Um, I started in um, healthcare management. I went to school for business administration. I started out in healthcare, honestly, just kind of stumbled into that first job. I loved it. I did that for quite a few years and then moved into to more of an accounting background because that's really what I had focused on. I wanted to start my own company and I, I was looking around at possibly starting a healthcare company, maybe a home health or hospice, something along those lines. And while I was out there just talking with people and marketing with people, people kept asking me for help with their websites and with their social media because they, they liked the knowledge that I had. So as I started helping more and more people, I realized, hey, maybe instead of starting a healthcare company, I should look at starting some sort of business assistant organization. So after talking with more and more people and honestly having clients before I even really had a business, I started to research a little more on exactly what type of industry would work best for what I was offering. And that's when I came across the virtual assistant and the business coach side of it. So I decided to go ahead and actually make that a legal business and start actively looking at finding more clients, not just word of mouth referrals from friends and family. That's fabulous. We love a good kind of like stumble into it story. And I really like that you, you had an idea that you kind of wanted to do and like you were pursuing that. But when you found something that you were already being asked about, you had the skills for, you were okay to kind of shift plans. You weren't so diehard in the, this is the business I want to start and I'm not going to let anything get in my way, which you probably wouldn't have. But knowing that you could just turn just a little bit and you would still be able to provide such value based on your knowledge already. I think sometimes we get an idea in our head of what we want and we just run towards it and we just pass all these things that like we could also excel at along the way. Because you could eventually apply this back into that. I imagine you could train so many people into that. Yes, definitely. So just a quick rundown for people who don't know, what, what is a virtual assistant? We hear people have like celebrities, have personal assistants, assistants for this, that, and the other thing. What do you do as a virtual assistant? So I personally, I stick with only business needs. So I help people with bookkeeping, basic accounting, just things that you would send off to your accountant to finalize for tax returns, social media management, help with form, forming LLCs, just kind of the, the whole process of taking your idea and turning it into an actual tangible business. That's the areas that I focus on. However, when it comes to virtual assistants, there are all kinds of backgrounds. So there are people who only help with social media, who only help with construction industries or healthcare industries. There's really a really wide variety of of virtual assistants out there. And I think the biggest difference between them and a personal assistant would be that typically the virtual assistants only stick to business items. So they're, they are not 
typically going to help you organize your personal schedule or run personal errands for you. They're only sticking to business related items. That sounds just as good. Like I need yeah. someone to help manage my social media as much as I need someone to figure out how to run my laundry. Yeah. I don't know if personal assistants do that. I can dream of one day having someone that will do that. <laughs> besides my husband, but yeah, no, the good things like that. I think that's so cool that there's so many different options for virtual assistants. I just even learned that it was like a job that you could have maybe at the beginning of this year when I like started like seeing people that I followed in like the coaching industry, like hiring virtual assistants. And I was like, what even is that? Oh, yeah. someone who will run your social media campaign. So you don't have to figure out how to run your email automations at 3am. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I also wish that you had been around when I was trying to figure out how to start my LLC like four months ago because it was a, it's a lot of exciting hoops to jump through and a lot of legality things that uh, I did not want to read at all. It was very <laughs> exciting. So if you're listening to this and you don't have an LLC and you want one, here, I'm handing you the resources to make your life easier yes. in like a shiny bow because as cool as I'm like, I'm so cool, I figured it out by myself. I'm also like, oh, somebody probably could have done this for me in like an hour and I spent weeks <laughs> figuring it out. Someone could already have been like, this is the law. These are your fees. This is how you file. And I was just like, I read like every website that you could read. And I learned so much about Tennessee that I did not need to know. <laughs> I said that pretty much the same for me. I stumbled through it myself and realized that so many of the things that I, I ended up being hung up on were nothing. They were big fancy words for something very simple. So it took a lot of Googling within Googling within Googling and calling the local small business association and fighting through it and just hoping that I did it okay. And then once I did that and I helped other people, I realized really truly how, how simple it can be. It's just very overwhelming and scary. It really is. So if you're a small business owner or you are working on creating one and you want help on the back end like that, you should probably get a virtual assistant. Like, so I kind of like perused your website. So what kind of services are clients mainly getting with you? I know you said social media management, but what does that entail or is it just customer to customer? So it is customer to customer. However, most of the time what I see is people asking me to do research for them on what would be best for their social media, creating actual social media posts for them, the graphics, the content, just all that good stuff. And then sometimes it also includes posting that information for, for them. Some people prefer that I just create it and send it over because they're not the handiest with computers or graphics, things like they don't have that eye for the, the art, artsy side of it. Other people just don't want to deal with it at all. And they say, please, here's what I do. Figure it out. Do it all for me. I honestly really enjoy working with both. It's really fun to work with somebody who has a strong idea of what they want and they're involved in their focus. But it's also really fun when somebody just says, do what you want with it because it allows me to be creative and just really dig into their business. And it's a really good time. So I did not have this on the question list, but have it. And you say that now, how, how do you come up with that many ideas? I put out a lot of content. I read all my own. I like, I love, love, love to do that, but I cannot imagine trying to do any ounce of content for another human. I have no, I'm like, I don't have the brain space for that. I'm like, and you're probably managing multiple people's accounts posts. How do you have that level of creativity? 
Well, I will say it can be tricky at times, especially if it's an industry that I'm not, you know, personally very involved with. Um, I'm working with a plumbing company now, and that one was a new one for me because I really had to dig into that side of my brain and think, what would people want to see on social media from a plumbing company? So I think one of the biggest things is I, I stay very active on social media. So I keep an eye on what a lot of other companies and organizations are doing. I also just talk to a lot of people at networking events and in person to try and get an idea of what they're looking for when they follow certain certain types of industries on social media. So I found that for people who tend to follow plumbing and electrical or construction companies, they're looking for simple tips on what they can do at home versus when they should call in a professional. They're also looking for maintenance tips, you know, certain things that they should be doing spring, summer, fall, things like that. And that really helped me. It got the ball rolling and it got me in the right direction. And then from there, I always try and incorporate pictures of people's actual work, especially when it comes to something people are crafting or services that they're offering in person. I think it's really important to share the outcome of what that person can do for you. Okay. All right. That definitely makes sense. I'm writing four or five, like trying to batch content out for the next couple of weeks. I have so much to do. And I'm just like sitting down every day, just fine. Just one more word. The ideas are there, but just writing the content. So kudos to you for managing who knows how many accounts if you are probably the people listening to this love instagram captions and the time that goes into it but if you are listening to this and you don't put any thought into your captions you just like post picture and then you just move on and it's like abstract art that's super cool but actually writing content is time consuming you want to be informative you want to be accurate you want to sound the way you're supposed to sound like you want to connect with people and it's really hard to do that in like no time at all there's people that probably do awesome for them but quality content should take time it should be meaningful it should go with the brand it should teach one thing or another and it should all go together. As much as social media is both trying to be very authentic and real these days, it's also trying to like connect with people and inform people, especially it's a product-based business or service. I want to know if Mr. Plumber can fix my stupid bathtub or what in the world I should do about my toilet that just won't stop making noise. If somebody yeah. puts that on an infographic, I'm 100% there. Yeah. And it's also your knowledge and show that you actually have a leg to stand on with the information that you're putting out there. It's not just, hi, I'm a plumber and like, you should trust me with everything that you have. <laughs> Exactly. Like on social media, we, again, marketing, I've learned that we buy from people we know, like, and trust and having good content, having that brand, like it's very important. So having someone who understands what your brand is and is able to speak from it knowledgeably and professionally, y'all, that is invaluable. Like when you're expanding, be very proud of that. And when you're obsessively looking at fancy people's content online, they probably have someone else who's writing it with them. They might, yeah. like, do your clients, before you post anything, do they have, like, a approval process or you just start to finish the post? Or I know you said, like, you write some and then they post it, but, like, for the ones not, like, are they even screening it? Are you just, like, putting unicorn emojis and everything? So some of them are. Some of them do screen. Some ask that every single one of them go to them. So we're a little ahead of schedule with those. So they always kind of know what's coming up the next week. Others, honestly, they do not care. And it's because it is, they are not social media people personally. So they do not understand it. They don't know why they need captions, why they need hashtags. They just don't care. <laughs> um, deal with those clients 
I still prefer to send them what I'm putting out there just for my own awareness, just in case something is way off base for them. I haven't had it happen yet, but into, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, you're, you're, you're never certain if you are or not. So some of them though, I send them those emails and I know they never look. <laughs> so we just go, I just go with whatever we've discussed and whatever they seem to have liked in the past. And we just keep going forward with them. Perfect. So I know you're out and about in networking groups today, but what does like an average day look like? So I am a very early morning person. So I get up at 4 a.m. <laughs> I love my mornings. I did not when I was younger and everyone told me that those were so vital. So I really worked on making myself a morning person. And now I'm very cranky if I don't get up early and have that time. But I like to get up early, uh, take a run, do something with my dogs, you know, exercise a little, have my breakfast. And then usually by about 5.30 or 6 in the morning, I'm on the computer and I'm working on my marketing items and running through my emails and just kind of getting my list together for the day on what I really need to focus on. Um, and then from about 8 to 12 most days, I'm just working on the most important issues. So whatever tasks are either coming in quickly to a deadline or just have been brought to my attention that really need to take priority. I usually take about a half hour lunch, usually around 12 to 1-ish. I'll throw in a lunch in there and I kind of disengage from work a little. I, I like to read, so I'll usually read a little bit of a book or, you know, call and talk to family members, just something to kind of get you out of work mode. So the things that I have a little more time, big projects that are running, you know, over time. Usually then from about five to six, I do email follow-up from there. And I'll check back in around nine, check my email and make sure that there's no no fires that have come in <laughs> during the day. But the very full days, I usually have it very scheduled out and it's family time. I even have my phone off. Don't get those type of calls after six or seven. And then at nine, I will turn my phone back on, double check for any fires that have come into my email in the time. And then after that, if there's nothing that I need to stop and deal with at that moment, then phone goes back off until I get up in the morning. I love it. I love it. I had to finally set office hours earlier this summer. Like when I went live with like all my coaching stuff, I was I really want to be like the super available coach, but I'm also like, mm. my husband's like, do you really need to be on your phone all the time? I was like, oh no, I guess we could hang out. Sure. So I structure office hours for my day. I schedule my whole day. I don't do anything last minute and I'm a die hard morning person. I don't always do yes. four, but if it is 5 a.m. I am up. I am gone. I am also running. So it's funny that you said that because I have a proven track record on this podcast of bringing on people who run in the mornings and I don't know that they run until they get on here. And then I'm like, yes, we just bonded. Oh, I'm excited. It really helps my brain. I feel like it just gets me in a really focused mood to where I'm like, you know what? If I could do that at 4 a.m., I can do whatever I want today. Carry that energy throughout the day. Yeah. If I can convince my legs that we're going to go outside and we're going to run multiple miles when it's still kind of dark outside. There is literally nothing about my social media business that I cannot do. Like if I can get my legs to run, I can get my fingers to type. Exactly. <laughs> so it definitely sounds like you have scheduled pack days. Has COVID really impacted that? Like since you were virtual in the first place, have you noticed influxing clients of people being, oh my gosh, we need outside help? Or did your current clients just kind of pick up because 
again, same situation. Oh my gosh, COVID. Or were you just, I've had these clients this whole time. Nothing bothers me. COVID, what's that? Uh, COVID has changed it a little. I definitely think I've gotten more influx on social media help with COVID. I think because more people are taking the time to plan and get those items in order. So that way, whenever they're ready to hit the ground running again, they, they are really ready to do so. Um, I think my local clients have stayed about the same. I haven't really lost any local businesses, which I'm, I'm very excited for. I was very worried and nervous for them with the shutdowns and just the size of some of the, the organizations I work with. But I have changed my in-person meetings. So with local businesses, I would try to stop in and be seen on a regular basis, not only to support them in their business, but just to have that face-to-face -face time with your clients. But with COVID, everything has been transferred to phone and email support. So we do Zoom meetings, we do phone calls, weekly check-in phone calls, and a lot more emailing back and forth uh, with people, not only to help them, but just to check in with them and see how, how they're doing. That's good. Yeah, COVID basically pivoted my whole life. I was working full-time at a hotel. Yeah. Everything I'm doing right now is nothing that I was doing five months ago in any way. And it's been great. It's been an exciting, terrifying, let's just try transition. And so yeah. far, I've only fallen on my face a couple times. So we're got back up. So what is something, so what's like a piece of advice that you would give your younger self? Like if you could go back and be like, hello, 18-year-old me, I am your future. 2020 is going to be awful, but this is another piece of advice that you need to take. What would you tell yourself? I definitely think I would tell myself to start sooner and to not worry so much about the money aspect of it. I came from a very working class background. I was the first one in my family to go to college, so I paid my own way. Yes, and struggled through with my husband through all of it uh, while he was also in school. So really for so many years of our life and of, of our relationship, we were very focused on surviving and getting through and making sure we could pay bills and pay tuition. And it kind of kept us away from seeking any of those outside goals that we had for ourselves, even though we had them. We just needed to find a job, pay those bills, get some savings, and then we could do what we want. And we did sort of wait for things, I feel like all those pieces to line up before we went after it. And now that we're, my husband also owns a company. Now that we're both doing this, it's one of those situations where I think back and I, I just tell myself I should have started so much sooner because I'll, it didn't cost nearly as much as I thought it would have. It's really just more time and energy. And I had that back then. I just didn't know that I did <laughs> and that that's all I needed to really get going. So that would be my biggest one to just do it and not stress yourself out over the finances so much. Absolutely. I have never, so I have invested a lot in myself, my husband and I, two, two years ago, we took a very big risk doing huge career changes for him and for me and just being like, we are gonna, we are making this decision. We are gonna invest in your education so that you can do this. We have no idea if he was even gonna like do very good at it. Like I assumed that he would do good at it, but he was like, I think I can do it. And I'm like, well, we're gonna do it. We're, well, we're gonna figure it out now. And we went all <laughs> in and we financially, we struggled hard for that year, but we are reaping the benefits of it and it's not necessarily that we would have started sooner because we didn't have the opportunity but I don't think I would be as scared I would be like it'll work out 
because everything up to that point had worked out and we were in a much crappier situation. So we were like, is it really going to make it any worse? Like we're already not in a good spot. So is it, we'll just be in a different, not good spot. And so definitely just taking those risks and just going all in. When you invest in yourself, it pays off. It does. It might not pay off like that every time that month, but <laughs> now a year and a half later, we're, we're going debt free this month. It's just this crazy spiral of one all in decision when we did not have the money yes. has, has allowed us to have the money, which is super. My parents were broke as a joke when I was growing up. So the amount of money that I see now, bank accounts can have more than two numbers. Oh gosh. So looking forward, we are on level eight of Jumanji. So far, <laughs> murder hornets are back in Washington. We just got a VP potential pick. I think two days ago at the time of recording this. So every episode is a new world-changing event. New <laughs> Assuming we make it. Sometimes I listen to my old podcast and I'm like, oh, I thought things were bad in March. Oh, it's funny. How funny was I that I thought COVID might be bad? But what are you most looking forward to for the rest of the chaos, the fire-breathing dragon, the, you know, Mad Lib that is 2020? <laughs> Um, and just craziness that keeps happening. So yeah, I definitely think for me, the biggest excitement for 2020 is testing those abilities and my own patience with everything. I think it's been a good year to kind of see how you are with reacting on your feet. As you said, every month, almost every day, it seems like something is changing. So I've just kind of learned how to keep that smile on my face and keep my head up and just realize that I can't control all of those things, but I can control what I'm doing and what I put out there in the world. So <laughs> I'm still trying to be a helpful bright spot to a lot of people who are going through very very difficult times so incredibly well said trying to be a light for people in the chaos like I've struggled to some extent because we haven't had we haven't personally had an awful COVID experience like it changed what I was doing but we had the option so trying to be like very positive and exciting and also not come across as like everything's fine when it's not (laughs) like we've done a lot of things for our community giving back just trying because there's not necessarily a lot that I can do but I mean help when I can and with the toxic everything that is my Facebook feed I like to be the person that posts cat pictures on a regular basis and be like here's a meow this is a non-political non-partisan cat it meows perfect exactly exactly if I could elect a cat for president I wouldn't elect any of my cats but there's probably a good cat out there for that job there's well-educated, well-groomed, you know, it can just press buttons. We'll be fine. (laughs) Yes. It just walks across a keyboard and the keyboard makes up words and that's fine. I'm here for it. So I will have information for how people can find you, connect with you, work with you in the show notes here. And I just like to have my guests kind of close out with any final messages, any final takeaways. Somehow you're going to have to top keeping a smile on your face and being positive. So probably should have segued that first. I was going to say, I guess my biggest piece of advice would be just to keep going. There is no such thing as failure. I feel like when you're, you're learning how to own a business, as long as you continue to try, you're going to keep learning, growing, and you're going to become a stronger leader and a stronger business owner. Okay. You did top it. That's good. (laughs) 
There is no failure. I try to say that often. Or at least like you don't fail unless you just quit. Yeah, because no matter what, you exactly, you learn something, you figured, you put yourself in a bad situation. (laughs) Maybe you said the worst thing you could at that moment, but you learned from it. And the next time you're in that situation, you are going to know how to handle it better. And that's all you can do. You just got to keep going. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time hanging out with me today. Thank you for having me.